you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. I'm going to mess with the volume right now. It keeps going low. It keeps resetting itself. Uh, hopefully, the volume is fine. Let me know again. I need to hear back from people. I'm trying this with a uh, dehumidifier all the way across the basement, but let me know if that affects sound, if this is something I need to keep on or off. Without going you know, too off the rails here, this isn't Lockdown Humidifiers, uh, I just forget to turn things back on. I'm that person. So if I can cause... Less things I have to remember to do, that's better for me. So let me know about that. Today's show, we're going to talk about the game. Unfortunate loss, but I will say I told you at the beginning of the week they would lose these next three games. We will preview what is on deck for the Indians. And we're going to talk a little bit, Bobby Bradley, some advanced stats. And if we have time, we'll start talking a little bit more about AAA. We're going to start looking at some players there who could be coming up to Cleveland. uh, And just overall performers there. We have a very weird set of games. Let's be honest. Detroit, Cincinnati, Oakland, Detroit. And for those who are not paying attention at home, Detroit is only uh, one and a half games behind the Indians. We'll we'll talk Detroit third segment uh, of the show. But right now, let's dive into today's game. A 3-0 loss. Now, this was just offensively a disaster show. The Indians managed to put base runners on in the first, fifth, sixth, and eighth inning uh, I did have to look up with eight. Luckily, I had the eighth inning open in front of me. But other than that, I, and it was just one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. This was a quick game, a very quick game. Tristan McKenzie was good. This was the guy we've been hoping to see throughout most of this year. Velocity was a little bit higher in this one. I'd like to see a few more missed bats, if we're being honest. Uh, but you'll take seven, five hits, zero walks. Zero walks is huge for him. Four strikeouts and three earned runs any day of the week. I've been hard on Brian Shaw, but perfect inning for him, so good on Shaw. I can already tell you those two are going to be two of your players of the games in this one. Uh, offensively, you know, who reached base twice? Ahmed Rosario and Fran Mo Reyes. They both had a hit and a walk. The problem is uh, Owen Miller is the only other player who reached base outside of Bradley Zimmer did technically reach on an error in the first. I do not like Zimmer playing over Straw. You got your trade for Straw. Straw has been productive. I don't want to see a platoon occur here. I know Straw is not, you know, there's an idea that he could work as a platoon, and that Zimmer is a pretty good defender as well, but at this point in time, let's let Straw play. Let's, you know, if you're going to bat him ninth, bat him ninth. It's time to face a lefty, and, you know, obviously it probably doesn't bear pointing out, but if you didn't watch Ross Stripling, who started, isn't a lefty either. So I, unless it was just he, because I don't even think you could claim natural rest in this one uh, due to, you know, the off time in between the trade for him. Going around, Bobby Bradley, he had a few opportunities because he's hitting cleanup with the two guys who reach base in front of him. Another rough game, another two strikeouts. I was digging into Bradley. Uh, he is currently, in terms of whiff percentage, that is, whiff percentage takes all of your swings. It's only a player's swings and says, how many times do they whiff? Uh, Bobby Bradley at 41.3% is the fourth worst in baseball behind Keston Huara, who Milwaukee has sent down because of his struggles. Taylor Trammell, who Seattle has sent down due to his struggles, and Mike Zunino, who uh, at least gives plus offense and has worked out for the Rays in that regard. Uh, 
if you want some positive news, um, going down the top 10 list here, Javi Baez is right behind him. Nico Goodrum, not positive. Bobby Dalbeck, not positive. Patrick Wisdom, not positive. But Joey Gallo at 9, Miguel Sano at 11. So you can make it work, but he needs better overall performance. And when I was digging into Bobby Bradley overall, it just struck me he has a bad launch angle for all of his power and everything else. That's why he has such a high amount of topped percentage, which is, you know, I thought maybe he would be pressing and have a higher, you know, getting under it. Uh, he's like in the hundreds for the like 140s or so and getting under the ball, but topped he was in the 40s, which when you're looking at every single player who's at 150 at bats this year, that's a lot. So he tends to top the ball, and that's often because you hit the ball hard and your you know, launch angle isn't great. So it's interesting that Bobby Bradley, with all the mechanics and everything else they've done with his swing, why hasn't there been done? Why hasn't more been done about his launch angle? He's got such natural power, and the thought is maybe he doesn't need that. But imagine if you could work with him on that swing to add that natural launch. Imagine what you could unlock. He's already got power with an angle that is less than ideal. He just would have liked to see some. He, you know, he's still not using the whole field. He's using center field less than he ever has. He's pulling not as much. He's going to right field a little bit more, but he's not using the full field anymore. He's just going to the corners since he started to struggle. And it just seems like one of those things where, you know, you, the hitting coach needs to step up with him. He's he has just fallen off a cliff offensively. Uh, when you have the young players down the minors, I'd still like to Bobby Bradley to get more at-bats. But if you let him play out the year, I don't think that is something you even debate. But if he can't show you know, anything that's above average offensively the rest of the day, I think you move on. I'm pretty sure he's going to be out of options. Uh, that's And that's a big point. Like Sam Henches, JC Mejia, those are two guys who are out of options. So they either make the team next year uh, or they don't. There's no up and down. They'd have to pass through waivers. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bobby Bradley is in that boat as well. He has one option left. So that would, I believe, expire at the end of the year. So he's got to either show that he can be an above average bat because that's what you need at first base or you consider designating him for assignment at the end of the year. He is just like with Bauer. He is a hundred percent on the bubble. I don't think he is safe. I, I do not. He is also a guy. It's interesting. His runs created plus at home is 175 on the road. It's a 56. Uh, you go month by month. He's actually playing better in August than he played in July, but both are well below league average. And you, know, you go over to his baseball savant page, which I think I clicked. No, I still have it open. And you look at his you know, last past 50 plate appearances. It's really high. Then kind of average peaks and then just down. Looks like a stock market crash. So, you know, it's a concern. Again, you let him play out the year. You see what you can get. You see if he can recover. But we're at a point in time, I think, where uh, I don't know if you feel first base is 100% settled. And then the bigger question becomes... If it's not, is it Nolan Jones there? Uh, he has not had, he hasn't really had reps there. I'm hoping we'll see Nolan Jones before the year is done. I assume we'll see uh, Jimenez up tomorrow. I don't know what the corresponding roster move will be uh, now that they are leaving uh, another country behind. So hopefully we'll see him up soon. Uh, and then hopefully after that, you know, Jones, Arias, some of these guys already on the 40 man that are well, well overdone to be seen. And yes, that means moving on from players already, but. It's something they got to do. It's something they got to consider. They got to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to manage this roster. And 
when you have players that are performing and the rest of this team is not. Like, this is a bad game. Uh, the pitching was good. Uh, you know, my three stars, Mackenzie and Shaw for sure. And then I'm going to let Fran Milton, Rosario tie. I know I have not done a tie all year, but I mean, they have almost identical lines. What, what am I supposed to do with that? I mean, I guess you give the advantage to uh, Rosario unless he made a bonehead play in the field, which I can't really call off the top of my head if there's anything that stood out. So, you know, it's the game is what it is. It's Like I said, I expected them to lose. I, I thought there was a good chance they'd get swept um, in this series. They took one out of the four, but this is not an unexpected outcome. I don't like this, like, half rebuild. Like, at this point in time, you look at this team and you look at where they're heading and you look at the lineup they put out there today. Bradley Zimmer has not been good. Uh, if you know, there was a time where he was closer to league average and he's, he's a good fourth outfielder, but he's not a play every day guy. I know Mercado had the home run, uh, you know, two days ago by the time you listen to this podcast, but at the same time, it, it he hasn't done enough for me. Uh, and yes, you, it's hard when you haven't seen an extended look from this guy, but at the same time, it's like, how do, why are we using the at-bats there? I guess is the better way to put it. And it's just like going down the line, just looking at runs created plus, um, for this team, like Bradley Zimmer's in a 97, Mercado's in 96. Those aren't bad. They're not good. Uh, they're, they're almost, I mean, they're essentially average. I, I can't be that negative. Harold Ramirez is down to a 92. Like Harold Ramirez isn't working anymore. Uh, it's been, you know, as much as we get on Bobby Bradley, Bobby Bradley's still up at a 115. That's how bad Harold Ramirez has been. It's, he is exactly the player he's always been. But by giving him at bats, you know, the, the last article on Harold Ramirez is who is being dropped and why week 18 edition from the first week in August over at Fangraphs. Uh, yeah, he's played three spots. There's some value there, but at the end of the day, he's not a def- good defender. At least with the Bradley Zimmer, he brings that defense to the card. It's weird. I don't know what happened to Bradley Zimmer. Like, Bradley Zimmer had such good power in the minors, and I still I have no idea what happened to him. I, like, he got hurt, and it never came back. But Harold Ramirez, you just go month by month by him, and this is the guy he has been throughout his career. This is why the Indians are his fourth organization, his third one to play in the big leagues with. Because uh, this is what happens with him, is the inconsistencies. And this is always the danger with that profile. And this is the profile that is the Owen Miller, the Ty Freeman, a lot of players with this profile that don't walk as much are pure contact. It's, it's Oscar Mercado to a degree as well. Uh, you know, the advantage, it's not Miles Straw because he walks a little bit more. It's not Bobby Bradley as much because he walks more. But you can get into these really bad stretches. And... You just go month by month with him using something just relatively basic like runs created plus 83 in May, 140 in June, great in June, 62 in July, 44 in August. Harold Ramirez is, you know, we, earlier, yes, I was like, maybe they found something here. He's got all these good outlying things, but I guess my question is, is he worth Nolan Jones not getting at bats in the big leagues? Is he worth Daniel uh, not Daniel Spino, Gabriel Arias not getting at-bats in the big leagues. That is my question when it comes to some of these players, and that's that's kind of where I stand on it. For me, he's not. Like I think he is very much a candidate to be designated for assignment at the end of the year. Uh, you know, He's played 
he played three of the four games in uh, Toronto. He played two out of three against the White Sox. He is still playing heavily. He is a guy who's getting in there and starting almost every single day. And you can just see the stat decline with him. It's not, it's been, uh, it's been a struggle. Like his, because he doesn't walk. It's all about how many hits. Like his last walk was July 20th. And he had, oh, he had two July 1st against Houston. That was ha- uh, almost half his walks that month. He had five total. But, you know, multi-hit games. He did have one on the 31st. And he had one on the 4th of July. Losers, um, and he had one on the 10th. Sorry, I missed that scrolling through. So he had three multi-hit games. That's not going to work for him. He needs to do more than that because he, he, like I said, five walks the entire month while playing every day. If he's going to bring value to the team consistently, he's got to have... You know, nine to ten multi-hit games in a month, not not what he did. Uh, you go back to June, and we're all very excited about him. And go one, two, what everyone loves counting on the air, three, four, five, six games. You're like, well, why is that better? Well, he didn't play in as many games. Uh, so he had 72 at-bats in June, 79 in July. But overall, and he also had a lot more 0 for fours in July. I guess is the bigger issue. Just 19 hits in July to 23. Uh, still had the, you know, also had some extra base hits. He was just uh, he performed better that month. You know, he had 241, 282, 316 for July and June is 319, 351, 542. So gives you an idea. Harold Ramirez has always been a really intriguing player, but the reason when he came up that I was lower on him was what we see now. And it's the same reason other teams have let him go, even though he's had some decent years. Uh, and with the Indians crunch, it's just hard to keep him there. And again, my biggest thought process is right now, I want to see Nolan Jones in left field. I don't want to see Harold Ramirez every day in left field. Like at this point in time, it's time to switch. It's time to move on. It's time to let Nolan Jones play. Uh, especially, I mean, Savali's close. So when you activate Savali, supposedly middle to end of August, you're going to have to open a 40-man I guess they technically might have one 40-man spot open right now. But if Savali and Bieber come back, then you have to open a 40-man spot. Ramirez is just stands out for me as someone potentially for them to move on from. I know I talked about doing... I kind of did the advanced stats and the game in one giant uh, combination there. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, first segment's very long. And then after that, we will come back. And we're going to do a Tigers preview. And our first fantastic sponsor for the day is BuiltBar.com. Now, I've been very tempted to go over to Built Bar. They just introduced Rocky Road, which is very interesting. And I've mentioned Grasshopper Fudge is my favorite. You can currently get that. And they have the Offie, to- Offie nope, Toffee Almond uh, as well. I was getting spooneristic there because I was so excited because I love Built Bar. It's delicious. It tastes great. The thought of adding Rocky Road to my collection along with the Toffee Almond, I might end up putting an order in today. I'm not going to lie to you all. And when I put in that order, I'm going to use the promo code LOCKED15 because I want to save 15%. It's a great product. It is good for you. It is healthy. It's nice for me that it's so filling. I, You know, I'm logging my calories. So it's so filling. It's under 200 calories. I do eat two, I'll be honest. But still, keeping my calories relatively low. It's filling. It gives you energy and it's good for you. And it tastes great. For a while there, I was using it as an after-dinner snack because <laughs> it tasted so good. Go check out BuiltBar.com. You will thank me. The promo code is LOCKED15, and that'll get you that 15% savings. Plus, right now, I think you get a free mini cooler. That's fun as well. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So let's preview the Detroit Tigers. This is not uh, your mother's Detroit Tigers. 
Uh, isn't that how that expression goes? Ah, maybe not. Either way, this is not the Tigers we are kind of used to facing. The upside is we get Matt Manning, Tyler Alexander, and Willie Peralta. It means we do not get Casey Mize, who has been their best pitcher. We do not get Tarek Scoble, who has also been pretty good for them. Matt Manning is trending upwards. Tyler Alexander uh, trending upwards. Alexander is that type of left-hand pitcher which with mediocre stuff that sometimes gives the Indians issues. I'm laughing because, yeah, mediocre pitchers. Back end of their pen has been tougher than you think. Uh, Soto, Cisnero, and Fulmer. Fulmer, I'm kind of surprised they didn't trade him at the deadline. Uh, they've got, I think, another maybe two years of control. Maybe they try to stretch him out as a starter again. I mean, I was very down on the idea of bringing him back at the cost it was to bring him back. I was wrong. They were right. He has been great. Uh, as for the rest of theirs, Spencer Turnbull, what a great story. He had been really good all year. Tommy John surgery. Jose Arenia had not been strong. Julio Tehran was another one. And Matt Boyd, who I was kind of negative on bringing back, he was actually pretty good until he had elbow discomfort, which is not what anyone likes to see. Uh, overall, this is a team that uh, the bright spot is... You know, Akil Badu, who they took in the Rule 5, Robbie Grossman, who was their underrated uh, free agent pickup, and Eric Haas. Uh, they're starting two former Indians right now with Haas and Castro. Derek Hill is getting an opportunity, their former first-round pick. I've never been the biggest Derek Hill guy. We'll do our comparison position by position in a minute, moment. But Hill has uh, always been fast and tool... You know, it's not like he had power tools, so I, I want to be careful when I say toolsy. Uh, he's a good athlete. That might be the better way to put it. But he I mean, he always struggled throughout the minors. So we'll see how it works for him in the the majors. Right now, in terms of prospects, I mean, a lot of their guys are in double-A. Uh, I, I like the Ascending Tigers more than I like the Ascending Royals. When you compare the talent, when you compare what they have, when you compare where they are, again, Casey Mize is, is taking a little step forward for them this year. They've got an interesting bullpen. Matt Manning has improved. Tarek Scoble is improving. Uh, Alexander, as I said, has not been terrible of late. Yeah, the fifth spot has been all over the place for them, but you're hoping that that's going to be, uh, you know, once they're healthy, Spencer Turnbull. And we'll see if, you know, a few years down the line, maybe it's Job. We'll see. But uh, the Torkelson, Riley Green, Dylan Dingler, these guys are all getting close. And depending on defense, like Dingler opens you up to move Haas to your DH in a few years. Uh, Haas has also played some left field for them. Uh, it's, you know, and I skipped over uh, Candelario, who's been a very solid player for them as well. It's it's a good team. It's not a great team, but they are definitely a team where I like their future. I, I like where they're heading. Uh, it all A lot of it, I think, comes down to how much you think Torkelson and Green can kind of be that next tier of player. They don't have high high tier guys uh necessarily you know mize is someone we all liked but he looks more like a good two we'll see about the rest of how this plays out um overall but it's an interesting team i i am a fan of what they have built let's let's put it that way let's do our position by position comparison it was such a popular thing i did a year ago and they just kind of forgot about so starting at catcher uh, Eric Haas versus the Indians hole to do. I feel like I should at least go over to Baseball Savant and see if Eric Haas is bad defensively. If you missed it, Eric Haas uh, has 18 home runs this year. He has been a very good offensive player for the Tigers. He's kind of come out of nowhere for them to to do what 
not going to say some of us thought he could do. I don't know if anyone thought he was going to be someone on pace for like 30 home runs, but I mean, okay, so just, I don't know why I keep saying I mean all the time. How about the fact that here's a catcher with a sprint speed at the 72nd percentile, hard average exit velocity 90, hard hit 91, barrel percentage 95. He is just hitting the ball. Batting average 36, chase rate 45, framing 16. Same time you go through all of those numbers and, you know, he was drafted as a second baseman. You look at his sprint speed, he's played some left field. He could play some first base. And the Indians just never really gave him a look because he was a catcher and they didn't look at him too much beyond that. And it's just, uh, it's hard to, to look. He is, he's one of the breakout stories of the year this year. Plain and simply, that, that's the truth of the matter. Uh, it's it's frustrating to see. It's definitely a win for the Tigers that they got him for free. He was a, a guy the Indians released, and I don't remember who they had acquired when they ended up releasing him kind of late. Uh, January 8th, technically purchased by the Detroit Tigers. They must have done a, a sign-and-trade. Yeah, so his whole career in Cleveland came to be 34 plate appearances. That was his look, yeah. I guess that's all I'll say. Yeah, a definite win for the Tigers to catch her. Moving on, first base. Jonathan Shoup is there uh, over the course of this year. Yeah, he's been very good. Uh, You may not expect that from him. It's kind of surprised they didn't trade him. Over the course of this season, uh, he has a 116 runs created plus, uh, negative defense value even at first base, but he's hitting, and he is hitting better than Bobby Bradley. And... Well, I think he's going to be a free agent. He's going to play himself into a contract. Yeah, one year, $4.5 million. Second straight year in Detroit, or is that his third? Second straight year in Detroit. There's going to be someone who's going to pay him. He's playing so well. It's You look at across his overall stats, uh, he's got 18 home runs this year. Good on him. He, he's having a strong year for them. That's advantage Tigers. Second base, Willie Castro. He was the big breakout performer a year ago for the Tigers. Uh, so far this year... He regressed a little bit back down to earth. Owen Miller's been playing second base for the Indians. You compare the two players, I, I would lean Castro in this one. It's not like either of them are setting the world afire. Castro's overall performance this year, I mean, he's not... We're going to just call it a toss-up. Neither player's really done enough to say that they are helping their team. So second base is a toss-up. Moving on to the shortstop position, Ahmed Rosario versus Zach Short, I want to say. Now, Short came over from the Cubs in one of those many deals. Uh, He has not been good this year. Rosario, while not a good defender, at least has been a solid bat. Short has been a mediocre defender in a bad bat. You know, he's 89 runs created plus. He he does a little bit. He walks. He's got some, a little bit of pop. 15, no, that's runs. I'm sorry, five home runs, not 15 home runs, five. But he is walking 14% of the time. Uh, and a decent defender. He's not a bad option at short, but I'm going to give advantage Rosario, so it's a one-point lead. Condelario's been good, but ugh, J-Ram is J-Ram. So, infield, tie scores. Moving to the outfield. Robbie Grossman mostly played right field this week, so we're going to consider him a right fielder. Uh, the player who played right field for the Indians the most this week was uh, actually Oscar Mercado, it appears. Uh, that is an advantage, Tigers. Grossman's been utterly fantastic. Now, he's always been underrated. He's always been one of those guys who performs well. But he's kind of having almost like a career year here at age 31. Center field. Uh, Hill is is not good. Miles Straw is, is steady, so that's advantage Indians. It might be the first time all year I've been like, the Indians have an advantage in center field. 
moving over to the left field position. Their left field has been Akil Badu. The Indians' left field has been Harold Ramirez, Advantage Tigers. So that gives the Tigers a total of a plus one up. Starting rotation in this series, Manning, Alexander, Peralta versus Quanchel, Morgan, and Plesak. It could be could be Indians because Quantrell has pitched very well of late. Eli Morgan has pitched very well of late. Uh, Plesak is Plesak, so he's kind of an average arm. We talked about the fact that you know uh, Manning has pitched pretty well. So has Tyler Alexander of late. Neither of them have pitched as well as Quantrell or Morgan. So I think the Indians have the advantage in all of these pitching matchups. On paper, based on production. Yeah, Manning has better stuff. But Quantrell has been unbelievable. Morgan's been great. And police act versus Peralta, that's advantage Indians. Going to the bullpen, this is one where I lean to the Tigers. Uh, even though Cisneros and Soto have been eh, a little up and down of late, uh, not as strong as they were in the early parts of the year, Fulmer continues just to be a force for them, and that gives them three interesting arms. Their back end three are a little more consistent than the Indians at this point in time, so I go advantage Tigers with the bullpen. Overall, when I look at this, series I would favor them strongly in game one in game three and expect them to lose on Saturday uh, just because Alexander's the, exactly the type of arm that tends to give them a little more trouble and Quantrell has been so good at, at Peralta I think they should have a, a good chance to compete against so two out of three the Tigers are again they're just a game and a half behind the Indians for second the Indians are down to 0.02% chance to win the division and 0.03% chance to make the playoffs. They're the only team outside of the White Sox with any percentages to do such things. So that's a preview on the Tigers. It's a team I like. It's a team that's ascending. It's a team with former Indians and an Ohio State kid who's one of their top prospects. And there's a lot of reasons for the, uh, the Ohio fan to be a fan of what's going on there. And there's going to be a lot of Eric Haas talk. Just get ready for it. That's going to be the talk of that game and that series. Take another quick break and come back and talk about what's going on in AAA. So let's take a quick sponsor break here and talk about BetOnline.ag, which is our other great sponsor for our show today. You know BetOnline. I've talked about them so much. Let's go do our line of the day based on BetOnline. Uh, sports line. Let's, let's keep our minds not in the gutter here. The Indians versus the Tigers. Let's see if they agree with me and think that the Indians should be favored. I especially think... With the Indians having a home game, I would expect the Indians to be the favorites in this matchup. And yes, Matt Manning is getting a run and a half. Negative 140 betting line. So it feels like people are taking that number and running with it if I have started to learn anything about gambling. Remember when you go to bet online, use the promo code LOCKED ON to get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. If you think that that is, uh, if you really feel strongly that Quantrell is going to win this game in a big bad way, uh, two runner better win. Uh, it's currently a plus 120 for the Indians. That is over at Bet Online, trusted for over 20 years. It says at the top. You can even switch back to their classic website if you prefer that. Remember, it's BetOnline.ag. Promo code is locked on, and that gets you a bonus on your first deposit. There's always cool things happening, and it's just not sports. They have casino, racebook, esports, poker. Check it out for yourself over at betonline.ag, promo code locked on. And I am also curious, how often do you hear my cat in the background? He's a old man, as it were, uh, that high-pitched sound you might have heard during the ad read. Uh, 14-year-old diabetic cat who just cannot stand to be on his own. Let's talk AAA baseball. So 
this team, we, we checked in a while ago, and I think I, no, I did not close the page I wanted. Whew. We talked some names. We talked players that were kind of interested, like Trenton Brooks. Do you remember me talking about him a while ago? And, wow, this is a guy who's 25, and he's doing some... Well, he's kind of cooled off. He's been about a league average bat. Alex Call, still performing. I don't know if it's enough to get him up on a roster with the crunch that's going to occur. In some ways, it might. Because the nice thing about an Alex Call is there's a good chance he'll pass through waivers. So, for instance, if someone got hurt and they needed another outfielder, not that this team ever needs more outfielders, but if they are in that situation, he's kind of the perfect guy to add on that short term. Uh, who has performed? I mean, him and as we already know, is getting the call. And he is he leads the team in home runs. He's got a 285 average through 42 on base, 510 slugging, 122 runs created plus. Uh, he has made a mockery of AAA. He has just been down there, and you know, he's... He's been great. Uh, you'd like to see him walk a little bit more, only about 5.4% with the 24.1K percentage, but he has been he's done everything asked of him since his demotion. And again, I'm really hoping, I assume Owen Miller will get sent down and that we'll see Rosario at second and him and as at short. Like, let's just go and start running that out there. That would be ideal. So that, that's the first player to talk about, and he's going to be up. We already know that, and he should be up. He has performed really well uh, in his looks down there. Owen Miller has also performed really well when he's down there. I, I, he's just stuck in a numbers game. That's the best way to put it. So let's talk about the other guys. We spent a lot of time talking about Gabriel Arias with the Pat Chat, and he's got a 113 runs created plus. One could make a case that he is more deserving of a call-up to help this team than Nolan Jones is. One could make that case. I mean, he is 21 years old. Uh, Jones is 23. This isn't everyone out there knows I'm a huge Nolan Jones uh, proponent. This isn't me bagging on him. But this is kind of what Pat was talking about. Like he has outperformed Nolan Jones in most statistical categories while being two years younger and having skipped Double A. You know, Pat. Pat has made a great point, and Arias. Arias is one of those guys. You know, you just compare the numbers, and you're like, okay, I really like Nolan Jones, but Arias did it better while younger, and Pat might have a point. Let, let's put it that way. Uh, but he, I mean, again, what do you do? Where you find the time? I would need to dive into the box scores to see if any of these guys. I mean, imagine if you did Arias and Jimenez at shortstop and second base. It would be filthy defensively. Uh, your pitchers would be like, please and thank you. And you move Rosario to left field and you say goodbye, Harold Ramirez. Like, I'm I'm down for that. What do you guys think? Arias has proven he's ready for that call up. Uh, and he is also already on the 40 man. And he's really good. I, what's the hole here? He's only striking out 22.8% of the time. So he's striking out less than Jimenez. He's walking 10.1. Uh, his slugging is 441. So I guess that's the big negative. 328 on base. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's, I don't think that's 355 on base. Yeah, I was looking at Alex Calls. And again, he's 21. Uh, he could be special. Let's, let's just be honest. He could be very special. Now as for the aforementioned Nolan Jones. 218 average, but a 341 on base. So his on base is basically the same as uh, Jimenez's, even though his average is lower because he walks nearly... Or he, well, not nearly. He walks 14% of the time. Strikeout rate over 31% of the time is going to be an issue. Uh, Slugging's at 410. He actually hasn't hit for as much power as one would expect. 
his speed score is better than a lot of guys. Again, showing he's a pretty good athlete. Good bat pip, though. Like, he's getting... Uh, now, you look at that, and some people, again, assume luck. No, this is actually a sign of positive contact rate skills when you're in the lower minors. He's, he's, you know, if you want to make a case for calling up Arias and Jimenez, and he's the third call-up, I could get behind it. Just in terms of what we've seen, I think you could make a strong case for him to be the third guy up, but I think you could make a situation where you play everyone. Now, if you want to keep Jones down there, I'm also okay with it, as long as you call up Arias. You should call them both up, Jimenez and Arias. You should put uh, Rosario in the outfield, keep working on that flexibility for him, which would also enhance trade value, honestly, if you decide that he is not part of this team going forward. Uh, or if it's a way to help relieve some roster crunch while also maybe upgrading your future. You know, just something to keep in mind. I mean, there's always that idea that, like, he's a proven Major League player at this point in time. Imagine if you flipped him for a lotto ticket and a first-round pick. Or, you know, if they flipped him for something like that, like one of those tradable picks. It's going to be interesting to see. But because he's only got, like, I think three more years of team control, he could conceivably be on the move. Uh we haven't even touched pitching, and we're already well past my target of 32 minutes. So we're going to wrap it up here. We'll come back, talk about some AAA pitching next week. Caleb and I are going to talk double A on Monday, so look forward to that. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That all really helps our show. Just I mean, If you download it every day and just set it to play when you're doing something else, and you didn't even have to listen, it would be a huge help. And for the next year, go Indians. Go Tribe, I should say. And after that, go, go, Guardians. I don't know I've done my ending here, but a quick add-on. I don't even think I need feedback just uh, as I'm going through doing editing. I can see having a persistent low noise in this, so I'm going to apologize now. My experiment failed. It will not happen again. I'm sorry, everyone.